You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 37. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Hello, my friends. Thank you once again for joining me here on College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you for these 30 minutes as I know your day is extremely busy. So hopefully you're finding me at just the right time for a little bit of uh, inspiration, little college success habituated behaviors to get into place. We have really been talking about some amazing stuff that finished 2019. Here we are in 2020. And for most of you, you are already um, preparing or at college, for some of you whose semester may not start till more of the end of January, you are still preparing, but maybe not as um, strategically involved in what that's going to look like. It may not be yet a priority for you to be fully um, acclimated to your schedule, but if you are listening to these linearly, then um, you have listened to me talk about preparing for your semester, getting acclimated to the semester, We're going to finish up this little three-part series uh, about long-term execution of your syllabi. And I really, I've always thought it was really weird that the plural of syllabus is syllabi, but same with octopus and octopi, honestly. Um, I guess syllabuses is just a weird word for people to say. (laughs) So... So we've discussed getting acclimated to your new semester, and we've discussed long-term execution. Um, Sorry, we have discussed preparing for the semester and of getting acclimated to your new semester in the last two episodes, episode 35 and 36, if I kept these in the correct order that I'm shooting them in. Um, Because we've talked, I'm doing a little bit of a bulk shooting for these January episodes because I'm preparing to bring in Um, special guests from universities and colleges. And so in order to do that, I have to get these finished up. And this is really evergreen material. Regardless if you're finding me linearly or you're sifting through the archives, the things that we've talked about and always will talk about are not um, date-specific. You could find this episode in year 2027, and it will still be extremely beneficial because how you're going to prepare for your semester and you're going to execute maximum efficiency on all of these syllabi that you have is it's pretty much going to stay the same and you know you can google and they'll have new information but it's not like harvard and stanford are releasing studies on how to better get your work flow and workload accomplished throughout the semester i mean this is stuff that for the most part you might already have a really great plan in place And for those of you uh, who don't, this is really going to be beneficial. And for those of you just looking for some little tweaks and adjustments, still beneficial. So let's get right into it. So how are you going to make sure you're hitting all your marks throughout the semester? Right? Have you scheduled out your main events? All right. If it's not measured, it can't be managed. And we've been talking about this since uh, December of 2019 in those episodes if you're not measuring it, you can't manage it. Yes. If you don't know how to measure it, then you also can't measure it. 
All right. So I, I've got this in the notes twice. Let me make sure I'm saying this right. If it's not measured, it cannot be managed. If you don't know how to measure it, then how can you know how to manage it? Right. It's a simple thought process here that if you have five classes and you are trying to figure out how you're going to study for, let's say all five classes have three tests and all five classes have one paper, that's 15 tests and five papers that you have to do. If you don't know when they're due, if you if you don't know what, if you haven't looked to see when they're due because you know they're due, that's why the syllabus exists. But if you don't don't know when they're due because you haven't bothered to figure that out, if you don't know how much work it's going to take to get the papers done, how much studying it's going to take to get these tests uh, prepared for, then how can you manage all those expectations? You have to put things into your schedule to make sure they get things done. First thing you need to do is pull out that calendar, jump on whatever calendar app you use and put the days of the tests, right? And then you can start breaking that down. You know, each test that comes is going to be over certain material. And if it's over three, if one test is over three chapters and you have five tests, that's 15 chapters and each test is three weeks apart, then you need to be learning a chapter a week. And if you have to multiply that out five times, that's five different classes, each with a chapter. You need to be learning each week so that you're prepared three weeks later for the test. The long-term execution of, your, of all of your syllabus is going to come down to knowing how you're scheduling things out. If, and this is something that I've learned time and time again, that if you do not schedule an event in your calendar, you are leaving yourself open to the fact that you just may not, air quotes here, feel in the mood to do something. And then you'll just decide not to do it or buffer away from what it was you really should be doing by doing something that you're more happy about, right? If I don't know that every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm going to the gym from one to three, then uh Wednesday could roll around and at noon, I'm just not in the mood to go to the gym. So I might push it. But it's scheduled at one to three. So my mind mentally is already preparing itself to go to the gym Wednesday at one o'clock on Tuesday. It's already in there, right? And so, especially in college, like there's going to be times in your life where you're going to wish that you could have things less scheduled out. That's what vacations are for. And even my vacations, I schedule out because if I'm going somewhere really cool and I want to go skydiving and parasailing and swimming with the dolphins and eating at these nice restaurants, I want to know when those things are going to come up so that I know when's pool time, when's lounge chill time. You know, when do I need to go up to the hotel room and start getting dressed to go to the event? I've talked about this in a lot of episodes in the last couple months that you can have guilt-free spontaneity if you have things scheduled in your planner so that you know what you were supposed to be doing when you decide out of nowhere to become spontaneous. And I know some people are like, well, that's not how spontaneity works. But why not? Why isn't it the way that it works? Why are you just leaving it up to chance? Well, you know, I like to have Tuesdays from 1 o'clock to 5 o'clock just open for whatever I feel like. Well, then what will you actually feel like? A lot of times, just chilling and watching sports seems like a great way to spend my time. Like on this particular day that I'm shooting this, this podcast, there is a sporting event that I would like to watch later on tonight. So I know that in order to be prepared to be able to watch 
that sporting event that I need to have a certain amount of work done. So I have scheduled out exactly what it is I need to do during the daytime to watch that sporting event at night. Game starts at 5 o'clock. I'm on the West Coast. All of you East Coasters or Central Timers, it's going to be a 7 or 8 o'clock time for you. If you're not even in this country, then you know your own events that you're trying to make. So I don't have exactly how much time it's going to take to shoot each podcast, to get the show notes in order, to audio edit it, to get it posted into the software. If I don't know what I need to study today for my life coaching, if I don't know what I need to do as far as preparing for one of my speeches, if I don't have these things in my schedule, then I'm just leaving it to chance that I'm going to feed like doing it. You, the, when I came up with the idea for the long-term execution of your syllabi as, as, the, as the theme of an episode, it really came down to this idea that if you don't schedule things, there is a really good chance that they'll get lost in the shuffle. I schedule everything, whether it be date nights, whether it be social engagements with friends, whatever it is I want to do, it gets put into the calendar Because if it's in the calendar, it gets done. If it's not in the calendar, it gets forgotten. You know, it's like movie theaters can't be spontaneous whenever they decide they're going to show a movie. Because people are planning to go see a movie around what their website says the movie times are. They, right? They're not handcuffing themselves. Oh, well, I really wish we could show this movie seven times today, but we've only planned on showing it five. They've planned on showing it five. If they all of a sudden are selling more and more and more of these tickets, and it seems more advantageous that they were to add another one in, because they knew they already had five scheduled, they can tell based on ticket prices and, 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 and ticket capacity and how many people are arriving, how many more they would want to show. But if they're not keeping track of this stuff, then they don't really know. And it, it's the same thing with your life. Stop thinking that because you're scheduling things that you're taking away the opportunity for spontaneity. That's just a lazy man's excuse for not wanting to actually plan things out. It, it, it really is. I have more spontaneity in my life now that I have things scheduled the way that I do because I know what I'm supposed to be doing at any given time. More more spontaneity comes from a better structured life. It is remarkable how much more freedom scheduling everything gives me. Because if all of a sudden I decide on a Wednesday afternoon that I want to go see a movie, that I then before I'm like, oh, I've got to go work out. Well, that's okay because I actually have time later on Wednesday night, or maybe I have an opening Thursday, and I really want to go see this movie with my friends. So I'm going to push my workout to Thursday so that now I can go see this movie. I can be social. I can take care of other quadrants in my life. And if you've listened to my life, my life's blueprint episode, then you will know better about what that quadrant is. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh. Because I had that scheduled, it can better be moved and it can be put somewhere else. You don't just spontaneously decide to go to the dentist, spontaneously decide to go to the doctor. They make these appointments so that they know how their workflow, their workday is going to go. If people could just spontaneously show up, next thing you know, they'd either have no work for days or they'd have too many people showing up at once. This is why you want to have a schedule. And why you want to have even the most minute things in the schedule. 
If you know that you need to research what the topic of your term papers are going to be on, and you've got five of those, and you say, oh, at the beginning of the semester, I'm going to spend three hours on this day, and I'm going to figure out all of my topics for my term papers. You've placed an expectation on your brain to figure that out. And now it can't. If you don't, and it needs longer than three hours, that's fine. Life happens. You may have come across some issues you did not foresee. But because you told your brain, I'm going to figure out five topics in this three-hour span, then it knows that that's the expectation. When you know the expectations you have for yourself, then you can better adjust to fulfilling them. This is what so much of habituating normal day-to-day occurrences in your life, this is why this stuff's important. This is why I talk about it. Because when you set these expectations on yourself, then you can, one, know if you're meeting them, two, know how to adjust for them, and three, know if it's even reasonable what you've been asking of yourself, right? There's a a readiness that you need to have in each day whenever it shows up that only comes from scheduling it and preparing for it before it arrives. The night before, you have to go to three different classes on campus, and let's say you have to drive, you want to make sure that your backpack is already packed before you go to bed. Perhaps you've laid out your clothes the night before. I do this before my speeches. Let me, let me use this as an example. I know that I need to have my laptop. I, need, I know if it's only an hour-long presentation and my battery's fully charged, I am good to go, no worries. But if I know that I'm going to have to do multiple presentations that are going to take two hours a pop, I'm not so sure if my computer has got six hours in it if I decide I'm also going to do other things uh, on the computer that might drain the battery. So the night before, I know, do I need my power cord or not? Do I have my little slideshow clicker? Do I have a backup cable for the microphone? Do I have my camcorder and my tripod ready so that I can record the the speech if I want to use the video for something? Um, do I have um, a microphone? I, a lot, lots of times I like to record my speeches by taking the earbuds from the iPhone and wrapping those underneath my collar so that I can record the speech as I'm walking around the presentation hall, and then I can go off and I can listen to it later to see if I covered everything the way I wanted to. So do I have all of this stuff packed up the night before? Because I don't want to wake up the morning of the speech when I've got to be thinking about what I want to say. Uh, you know, there's I always get a little bit of anxiety before I take the stage or before I go to a presentation. You know, it's it's that nervous energy excitement. Like it's not to me, it's not anxiety; it's excitement. And that comes up. And I don't want my brain to have to be thinking about, you know, presentation clickers and extra wires for microphones when I would rather it be thinking about, you know, the flow of the speech and a joke I'd like to tell. All right. So I have all of these things pre-packed up, set aside in my office. So boom, there's the backpack. Everything's in there. I've got my notepads. I've got my dry erase markers. Everything I know, already know I'm going to need is in that bag. And I've given these speeches enough times to know what it is I've wished I would have had when I arrived. So now I go home, immediately put it in the bag. Nothing comes out of that bag unless it absolutely has to. And when I'm done using it, I put it back in. When I used to do television production, and when I was a, a news anchor, I uh, was the lead news anchor for a, a show in Pasadena for a while, um, I had a checklist that I 
got covered in, it got laminated. And so when I would go to pack it up uh, from a shoot or go to pack it up uh, at the office, I would just be able to pull out this laminated piece of paper that was my checklist and check everything off. Boom. Everything on this list. Is it in this bag? Perfect. And if I needed to add new things, you know, boom, just go and have it laminated. FedEx Kinko's costs like a dollar. The fact that I just called the Kinko's, if you're not familiar with that brand, I aged myself. (laughs) I say all of this so that you guys realize that it's not weird to put things like a pen or a pencil on a checklist of things that you want to make sure you have in your backpack. If you want to make sure you have uh, a blue, a green, a brown and a, and a black ink pen in your bag, it's okay to put that on the checklist because you want to make sure you have everything you need. How is this going to help me with my long-term success in my syllabi, Jesse? Because you need to be thinking about all of this preparation. It's being able to focus on these little details that will bring you that success. So if you're looking for this magical thing, here's the three steps that will guarantee you success in every single semester. That's a generic thing you're going to hear in a blog. That's a generic thing you're going to read in a blog. You're going to hear on another person's podcast. The fact of the matter is, is there's so many different variables into your execution and and how you're going to get it done that the only thing I know for a fact that will determine your long-term success is your ability to schedule things and follow through with that schedule. You need to go through your syllabus. You need to figure out when every important event that's coming up in that class is. You need to get it on the calendar. You need to do that with every single one of your your classes. You also need to figure out the important holidays that where work might need you. If you work off campus and here comes St. Patty's Day and you work at a bar, you know they're going to need you that day. So So make sure that you're not trying to put a bunch of other stuff on a day when you know you're going to be required to work. Put these big events, find out from work whenever it's going to have really, really busy hours and make sure you're preparing for that. When I went to University of Florida, college football Saturdays were humongous. We were slammed on on days that the Florida Gators were in town playing at the stadium. We were slammed. So if I wanted off a certain game, I had to make sure that I requested off far into the future. I had to understand that I wasn't going to get off every home game. I had, you know, some of those I'd want to work. If it was a late game, then by all means, I could work the morning shift and still make the the night game. If it was an early afternoon game, I could still make dinner. But I knew these things and I knew how to plan them so that I could make sure that I could go to as many games as possible. Your long-term execution is all about figuring out what needs to be on that calendar and putting the most ridiculous things. If you think you're going to call your mom on Monday from 12 to 1230 and you want to make that a regular occurrence, um, and that's you know, some people you call your parents on a whim. But if you don't, if every time you do that, it, it takes 30 minutes to get off the phone and you want it to be real quick, you might have to determine whether you've got 30 minutes on this particular day or is it going to eat into study time. You know, can you have that phone conversation in the car while you're driving to class? You know, so then it's like, hey, mom, I'm at the, I'm at the parking garage. Got to let you go. Right. But it's like, you can put these little things into your schedule so that they get done so that you know, when it's time to do the big things, nothing else is going to show up and be in the way. It's all about managing your schedule managing your expectations for what you can accomplish within this schedule. And in order to do it, you have to be able to measure it. And the measuring mechanism is the calendar. 
if you put it down in there, if you tell yourself you need to study five hours for a test and then you one week you only study two and you get an A and you knew everything you were supposed to know, that tells you you no longer need to study for five hours. Two hours was what worked. But if you schedule two and it turns out you needed four, do you have leeway in your schedule? Do you have places already set up for that bonus study time that allow you to slide it in so that you're not missing anything else that you had already decided you wanted to prioritize? You have enough time to accomplish every single thing you want to in college. And that's the key. Do you want to accomplish it? Because if you want to accomplish it, you will prioritize it. It's not that you don't have enough time to get something done. It's that you don't have enough time to prioritize everything. We all have the same 24 hours in our day. I can accomplish writing a book, doing two podcasts, building my website, scheduling my speaking engagements, going to my speaking engagements, working out, having a... uh, a semi-thriving social life. I don't go out and do all that much. You know, being in a relationship, having good friendships, eating healthy, cooking my own food, taking some time out to watch my favorite shows. I can do all of these things because I have certain times of the day where I have scheduled them in. I know that this is the last podcast I'm shooting for the day and therefore I can go downstairs, I can cook up some food, I can prepare for the game that's going to start shortly and I don't feel guilty about cooking my dinner and watching the game because I know that I have already worked extremely hard from 8 a.m. till it's it's four o'clock now. So eight hours straight, just working on podcasts and show notes and editing and everything else. Do you have these things scheduled out in your planner? You will look back on each of your days, your weeks, your months, your semesters, and you will be able to note how much you were able to accomplish and how much success you actually had and how much success you felt that you had based on how structured your scheduling was. Yes, at some point you'll go off and you'll get a job somewhere and it might be one of these corporate gigs where you don't necessarily have to have everything scheduled and you're you're just reacting to every email that comes in that changes your workflow. Oh, this is urgent, so it takes over this thing that was urgent. Nope, this has got to get done over that. You know, you might have a job like that. I call those reactionary jobs where every time an email comes in, it might actually change your workflow. Then you're gonna but you're gonna live a lot of life in a response state. That's where you want to be, right? You want to live your life in a response state where just because an email showed up doesn't mean you react to it. You respond. When you react, it's like an emotional trigger. Oh my God, I got to get this done. I better get done right now. When you respond, it's more of an intellectual cognitive thinking idea. It's like, hmm, this just showed up in my inbox. Okay, well, this is what I had scheduled. Is this thing that just showed up more important than this thing that was just scheduled? And if I have to shift something, where else can I move it so that it doesn't take over something that was already prioritized? You know, if Tuesday night is date night for me, then if something's going to show up and take over date night, it better be pretty damn important because I've already prioritized date night that day. If something's going to show up Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from one to three, it better be pretty damn important because I've already prioritized my workout at that time. 
Oh, I'm getting ready to add in some yoga and some other stretching kind of classes at my gym because I'm noticing that I need that. And so now I'm going to have to open up another hour or two um, on Tuesday, Thursday, or Saturday somewhere, right? So what else was already there? I've already got myself scheduled out. I know what was supposed to be there or what already is there, and now I know what to slide in. The whole point of this episode is really get you guys thinking about how are you going to hit your marks throughout the semester? And then put, and you won't know how you're going to hit those marks until you start putting things in the schedule. It's okay to put things in the schedule and then re- later realize they were on the wrong day or they were at the wrong time or that doesn't really work for you. There's, there's going to be times where you're like, I'm going to get up every single day at 7 a.m. and go to the gym. And then you may try that and it may find that it's not working for you because it's making you extremely tired at 6 p.m. when you were hoping to go and get a job. So you might have to maneuver things around. It's best to just put them in the schedule, run the experiment, see if they work. And if they don't work, at least you were decisive enough to put them into the schedule and you were disciplined enough to try it out, right? This goes back to my seven power principles. Were you decisive enough to put it into the schedule? Were you action-oriented? Were you experimented? You actually followed through with it. You were disciplined. You tried it out for a set amount of time. And did it work for you? If it doesn't, be flexible. Maneuver it around somewhere else on the schedule. But always be tenacious and show up and do the best you can every single day. Preparing long-term for anything in life whether it be a relationship or a class or a workload or workflow or a career, is by knowing that you can put things in your schedule and that they can be maneuvered around as needed. But if you never put them in your schedule and you're just all willy-nilly doing things whenever it pops into your head, you're going to be missing things. Or you're going to be prioritizing something on one day. You know, you might be studying for class three let's call it class three. You might be studying for a class three's test on Monday, but class three's test is until Friday, but class four's test is on Tuesday. Then why are you studying for class three's test that's not till Friday on Monday when class four's test's on Tuesday? That sounds like a riddle. Can you follow the, can you follow the line there? Know when to prioritize things. And I'm telling you, by having a, by having a tightly packed schedule or just a just a tightly organized schedule, it will open you up to guilt-free spontaneity like you've never seen it before. As I leave you on this, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna as soon as I'm done with this, I'm gonna go downstairs and I'm gonna cook myself up some food. And I know because I keep track of everything that I eat in an app called My Fitness Pal that I'm allotted about two thousand calories for the rest of the day. Because I know that, and I know exactly how much protein, carbs, and fat that, I, that I'm supposed to eat each day to hit my physical, you know, I've got these physical projections, I've got this program I'm on, right? Because so I know the numbers, now, so I'm measuring it, and so now I can manage it. So if I go down there, I get my protein in, and I get my good fats in, and then all of a sudden I see that I've got an extra 400 calories, that tells me if I can have a little ice cream. That tells me if I can have a couple cookies. But if I wasn't keeping track of what it was I was putting in my body, and then I ate up all my food, and I didn't know what numbers I was at, and then I decided to eat three cookies, see, to me, that would give me guilt. Because then I was like, oh, was I really allotted these three cookies today? Is this going to make me take steps backwards in my physical plan? Or is this going to you know, help me move forward? I, I wouldn't know. But because I keep track of these things and I get everything scheduled, I know. And I know I can eat these three cookies and I can do it guilt-free. 
everything I do in life is, is, is situated around managing my expectations, doing things efficiently, and making sure that I'm not creating unnecessary guilt. If I decide I'm going to eat an entire cake one day, then that's what I decide to do. And if that cake is 5,000 calories, and I'm only allotted 2,500 calories a, a day, I just ate two days worth of calories and one day's worth of cake eating. Now, if I don't want to gain weight and, I, and I'm trying to gain muscle, then I realize I got I to gotta make up those calories somewhere. So for the next seven days, I might cut out 500 calories. Now, if those if you're a physical fitness person and you realize that the math doesn't add up and you can't make up 5,000 calories, you can only cut so much here and there. That's not the point. The point is, is if I decide I'm going to eat a whole damn cake, I'm going to eat a damn cake. I'm just going to make sure I've got some a, a, a scheduling in place, a system in place that allows me to do it as guilt-free as possible. That's why your long-term success this semester and in all future endeavors in life will come down to you scheduling things because then you can measure them and then you can manage them and you can start to take away those little inklings of guilt that you might feel if you decide not to study on Tuesday from one to three like you normally do, but instead you want to go over to your friend's house and and have lunch. Well, you had studying there. Now you know you just need to move the studying somewhere else. Or maybe you didn't need to study at all and you're ahead. So therefore, not going studying and going over to your friend's house is a reward. And now you've just you've worked on your relationship sphere and your emotional quadrant, your physical quadrant within that relationship sphere, and you're feeling so much better because you were able to spend that time with your friends instead of studying when you didn't need to. It's all about just knowing what it is you should be accomplishing and then you can set about getting towards it. All right. I just want to, I want to get you all into prioritization because over the next few episodes we're going to go into um, the winter doldrums and discussing emotions. And one of the reasons that I think a lot of us don't let our uh, we get overwhelmed by everything happening out throughout the semester, which really messes with our emotions, is because we're not scheduling things the right way. And so all of a sudden we turn around and we're overwhelmed by this workload. It becomes crushing around us. It, bothers, it, it start, really Then we start to get bad grades, which screws with our emotions. We start to lock up inside. We don't know how to talk to people about it because we just don't. And next thing you know, you and your friends are all experiencing similar stuff. No one's talking about it. We're emotionally unbalanced. We would love to be able to, to, to ask someone for help, but we don't even know how to help ourselves, let alone ask for help. And a lot of this stuff, and again, this isn't all, this isn't an end all statement I'm getting ready to make because there's a lot of reasons why we have emotional immaturity in our lives and we have these emotional blocks. But when it comes to your, to your college life, there's a great deal of that that can be directly, in my, in my opinion, attributed and associated with how well you're scheduling your workload so that you have times for self-care without feeling guilty about it. And I'm going to end you on that. It's all about self-care without feeling guilty about it, managing your workload, having a good workflow so that you don't get overwhelmed, so that you don't start having your emotions crushed around you because you don't know how to organize yourself appropriately for maximum success with minimum anxiety. (laughs) So we're going to talk more about that over the next few episodes. Thank you so much again for listening. It's an honor and a privilege. Be inclusive, not exclusive. Be kind to one another. The power of positive energy, release and flow. Bye-bye.